you know, you just Hey everybody, this is Josh McKinney, and I want to welcome you to another episode of the I Suck Hitchujutsu Show. Now today, we are going to discuss something important. We're going to answer a really interesting question. Does my coach suck at Jiu-Jitsu? And uh, what I mean by that is, do I have a good coach or not? This is something that most people never ask themselves. They run into a lot of problems in Jiu-Jitsu and they never ask themselves, hey, do I have a good coach? Am I training at the best place to accomplish my goals? And I think it's a really interesting question. I think uh, a lot of times in Jiu-Jitsu, people try to, probably more for business sake, they try to make people feel guilted about leaving the school that they're at. The problem is, not all schools are created equal. Sometimes, your school isn't very good, or sometimes your school is great, but maybe their focus is different than what your focus is. And so I just have three things, uh, uh, kind of questions to ask yourself, um, and these are just things that I try to really pay attention to when it comes to school. So if one of my students was moving and they said, hey, I want to go somewhere. I want to, I want to train somewhere else. Uh, where do you think I should train? You know, I'm going to go to this town or whatever. And I would look that up for them and I would kind of use these questions. It's just, uh, kind of like really important questions to ask yourself to see if your coach is any good. And also to see if your gym is a cult. That's kind of the bonus question that you can answer when it comes to your school. So first, what we're going to look at, and this is probably the most important question to ask yourself, is does my coach still learn? Uh, I think it's really important to to note in jiu-jitsu, there are a lot of techniques. And we pretty much, if you're willing to buy instructionals or courses or find things on YouTube, uh, we pretty much have... Uh, access to all these techniques. So when I first started, jujitsu was about what can your coach show you? You know, what techniques can your coach show you? And that's really all you needed was you needed your coach to show you 15 moves and you would eventually get good at them and maybe add somewhere from 16 to 20. And that would be your game. And that would be how you did jujitsu. And it, it was really common for technique to be what everybody was seeking out. Well, now at this point in jiu-jitsu, everyone can have the same techniques, right? The best guys in the world are putting out instructionals every single day. And so one of the biggest things that a coach teaches now is, or at least should be, how to learn. You're not going to be able to teach somebody how to learn if you aren't still learning yourself if you aren't still a student of the game. That is something that I always commend my coach on, Kyle. You know, uh, as you guys have know if you've ever listened to the show, I've had him on a bunch of times. Kyle fought in the UFC. While Kyle fought in the UFC, he was still competing in the gi in jiu-jitsu. He did not let one take priority over the other, even though 
one was obviously a lot more financially important and fame-wise more important. But he uh, actually, he, when he the year he won Pans, he won Pans as a brown belt. The year that he won Pans was the same year that he was on the Ultimate Fighter. And so that level of commitment, that level of dedication to always learning, always progressing, and always uh, sharpening the saw, I think was something that I just took note of when I was 17 or 16 and I was training jujitsu. I just noticed, hey, this guy is always learning. Even though he's a coach at this point, he's made it to the UFC. He is a coach of jujitsu. He could just... He could just stop. He doesn't really have to roll anymore. He doesn't have to spar anymore. And um, so I think that that is really an important question to ask yourself is, is my coach still learning? Okay. So the second question, and this is again on, um, you know, kind of your training environment is, does my coach still roll? Uh, I think that this is something that's really important and this kind of can fall under the learning category. Uh, I am very anti coaches that don't roll if there's not a reason for it. Some coaches, they have injuries. Some coaches, they have been so beat up training for so long that they don't feel comfortable training anymore. You also have to ask yourself if that is your coach, if your coach is 40 and he can't train anymore because he abused his body doing jujitsu. You've got to ask yourself, did he learn from that lesson? Am I just training just as hard? And am I going to be in the same boat when I'm 40 and not be able to grapple anymore? I think that can be a, a really important question to ask yourself too. But so often in jujitsu, um, you can kind of look at it two ways. Uh, there are coaches that are super anti any type of cross training and they're super anti rolling with their students. And the reason that those two things happen. Like I said, somebody could be injured. Somebody could have hip, knee, joint problems that they just don't feel like they can roll. That's okay. But if your coach is able-bodied and still doesn't roll with anybody, that's usually because they don't want to lose. You know, it, it, you can put it any way you want. Um, but when it comes to rolling with your students, that's something that's very important. In jujitsu. There is this thing where you're not supposed to be able to ask a higher belt to roll. And in my opinion, as most traditional things, in my opinion, I think it's stupid. I think it's ridiculous. I think the reason that you're not supposed to ask a higher belt to roll is because higher belts don't want to lose. That's what they, that's the thought process is they say, oh, well, if no one can ask me to roll, I can just choose my rounds and I don't want to lose because if a higher belt really wanted to, if you asked me to roll and I didn't want to roll with you, I would just tell you no. I don't have fear of like, oh my gosh, now I need to teach you a lesson for asking me to roll. That's stupid. You know, if you're my student, you ask me to roll, you're asking me to roll so we can train together and you can get better. And hopefully for me, I can get better from it. So I think that that's really important to just keep in mind when you're thinking about rolling uh, for your coach is... Uh, that kind of hierarchy, I, th I don't think is good. I think that's really, really uh, important to to note on those things. So we're looking at does our coach roll and does our coach still learn? Okay. Um, and then we do have exemptions for does our coach roll. And then the last thing, and this is the hardest question for people to look at. It's the hardest question for people to answer 
for themselves is, am I in a cult? And that is something that is not really talked about in jiu-jitsu by people that are high up in jiu-jitsu. Is uh, you have this band of brothers and sisters that fight each other every single day. They are always around each other. They are always pushing each other to get better. You know, you're going to have sort of a gang mentality in every single, at every single gym. You know, you're going to have that, um, that close to a cult idea at every single gym. Now, when is that bad? When does that mindset get, when is that mindset wrong? Uh, and so I kind of always look at it like this. Uh, you can ask two questions to figure out if your gym is a cult. First, uh, is it us against the world? I think that that shows uh, a, a level of arrogance and that shows a level of cultishness. If you say it is us against the world, nobody else knows anything. We don't respect anything that anybody else does. And you see this a lot in gyms. That's a very common thing of like, oh, we have our secrets that we've guarded and you know we can't cross train because we can't show other people our secrets. If somebody tells you that and they're not a black belt world champion, they're an idiot because they don't have any secrets. Like, dude, you showed me a closed guard arm bar. Everybody knows how to do that. You didn't even add any extra detail to it. I'm not super impressed. I'm not, I, I'm not bought into having to stay here, never being able to train anywhere else because you have the secrets, right? So that is something really important. Um, but for every cult, there is a cult leader. And so when we were talking about our coach, is our coach a cult leader? The simplest way to answer that is, can you have a real conversation with your coach? Or is your coach so much better than everybody that you can't talk to your coach? You can't uh, ask your coach about their their new house, or you can't ask your coach what they had for lunch. Like, and that's it. I know it sounds weird for most of us because, uh, at least in America, I think it's less and less common for this to happen. But most of the time, we're like, okay, our coach is just a cool guy, right? And so. He's always cool with that kind of stuff. You know, I can joke with my coach. That's something really important. But if you go in and your coach is like better than everybody else, it at least acts it, right? As a person, not in jujitsu, right? It's okay if your coach is, it's awesome if your coach is better than everybody else in jujitsu. But if you're with your coach and they act like they are better than everybody, uh, that can generally lead to a cult mentality. Everybody always follows the higher belts. I was just on a podcast. Uh, it hasn't come out yet. I'll announce to you guys when it does. Uh, but we were talking about, it was a fitness business podcast, so it wasn't strictly jujitsu. But we were talking about how jujitsu can make cultures in the gym. And they're really, really cool jujitsu cultures. And I was explaining that I personally believe that that, that, that most jujitsu cultures, they come from the higher belts. Uh, you know, they, they, and they always come from the top, you know, the, as the, how the coach treats the higher belts is how the higher belts will treat the next level. And, and that's just kind of how it goes. And so it's very important that people are treated well, man, like that people are treated equally in your gym. If you are a white belt in your gym and you feel like nobody wants to help you, nobody wants to do anything for you, 
uh, that's a horrible environment to be in. That environment does not produce, even if it's not a cult, that environment doesn't produce progression in jiu-jitsu. If you ever, uh, I don't feel like I use my gym a lot as an example with, with a lot of different stuff, but this is one thing that I think is done super well in my gym and I don't take responsibility for it. It's the guys underneath me. My brown belts, uh, you know, I have another black belt, uh, you know, some purple belts. There's that core group of guys are the nicest guys to the people underneath them. It is uh, almost to the point of being bizarre. It's like, I watch it all the time. A blue belt will give a brown belt a really, really tough round. And to where the, the brown belt may have almost gotten finished in a position or something and he still escaped. And the round ends and the brown belt goes, man, I think you would have finished me had you have turned your hips this way. And that, I think that is one of the, like the coolest mindsets in jiu-jitsu that you're not trying to protect yourself from uh, having to take a loss in the gym. What you're trying to do is build up the next level of guys because you look at it for selfish reasons too. You say, hey, these, is, these are my training partners. I'm going to get these guys so good and then I'm going to be good because of it. And I look at that with my students. I look at that with all my guys. Is like one day these guys are going to be able to push me, hopefully beat me, and then I'm going to be able to get so much better because I'm going to have more to work towards. I'm going to have more to push myself. And so I think that mindset is how you keep, how you know you're not in a jujitsu cult and also how you can get better at jujitsu. Just that uh, next guy up helping your next guy mindset. I think it's just incredibly important. And so that is my really quick episode today. Uh, It's just what I've been thinking about this week. Does your coach suck? And, um, I made a post on the on our Facebook group of Simplifying Jiu-Jitsu. If you guys aren't a part of that, it's free. All you have to do is request and you will get added to it. And we just discussed Jiu-Jitsu stuff. And one of the questions I had asked was, what makes a good coach? And uh, people had some really unique, really cool answers. But the big one was trust. And so I think if you can, you can throw the other three questions out the window. You know, you can, if your coach doesn't roll, if your coach doesn't learn... If you even feel like your coach is better than everybody, but if he is a person that you trust to get you better at jujitsu, then you're probably in the right spot. Uh, if you question it, then maybe you're not. But uh, just a caveat to all this, make sure you're not comparing your coach to the best guys in the world, right? Uh, to, for most coaches, that's not fair. It's not fair for me to take my uh, 40-something-year-old coach that has been training jiu-jitsu for eight years, that has a gym that is more experienced than me and knows more than me, to compare what he shows to what John Danaher shows in his instructionals and be like, oh my gosh, John Danaher is so much better than my coach. Yes, from a technical standpoint, from a coaching standpoint, he probably is, but it's okay that your coach isn't the best guy in the world. Your coach doesn't compare you to every other blue belt in the world. He doesn't say, man, freaking Greg, he's a blue belt, and he can't even beat the best blue belts in the world. He sucks. No, you don't do that. That's not, that shouldn't be the measuring stick that you hold your coach or yourself to in jiu-jitsu. Uh, you can only look at your own progression, right? If we're all martial artists and martial arts are about self-progression and we're looking at our coach, 
we're saying, hey, is our coach progressing? Is he learning? You know, how does he learn? Is he rolling and trying to progress off of that? If he's not physically able to roll anymore, does he learn some other way? And being able to ask yourself that, being able to answer that yes, like, oh yeah, my coach is learning, that is the most important thing. Because if your coach is learning, even if he's not teaching you techniques, he's teaching you how to learn. He's teaching you to learn and the importance of it. And there's no lesson greater than that in jiu-jitsu is how to learn, how to problem solve, how to ask yourself the right questions. And so that is what we looked at today. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I know I said some anti-traditional jujitsu stuff. As always, if you are uh, very traditional with it, if you are offended that I said that it's stupid that white belts shouldn't be able to ask black belts to roll, uh, then send me a message on Instagram. The Josh McKinney is my Instagram. I would love to hear it, and I would love to even, uh, if you're okay with it, read your opinion when I do a question and answer and kind of discuss that. Uh, I'd be totally happy to do that. But uh, that is all I have for you guys today. I hope you guys have a great weekend. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you follow uh, some of the next and new things that we are going to be doing soon with the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show and Simplifying Jiu-Jitsu. And I hope that you guys suck just a little bit less at Jiu-Jitsu.